Project Taryag, day 11. We hold him by Mitzvah Nun Ches. There is a Mitzvah of a Beistin, Lodun Bedin Toyin Veniton, which means the Beistin has a job to hear both sides of the arguments and discuss or weigh up the arguments, the accusations of each side. There could be three kinds of arguments in the Beistin. The one is the case of Halva, which means someone claims that his friends borrowed money from him. The other one is the case of Picodon, which means that he claims that he had left something in the trust or in the care of somebody else. And the third one is the case of Gazel, which he claims that somebody either injured him or took something from him, Shalakadin, improperly. And then we learn from the Pasuk, it says, I'll call the Pesha, on any case of Pesha of misdoing, which the one litigant will say that this is what happened. And Chazal learned from those words that there's a difference between if a person claims that someone was a shomer, was watching something for him, in which case the shomer, whether he denies it or admits some of it, the partial admission will always have to make a shvur. So the case of a halva, which a person says that somebody borrowed from him, in which case, if the other party denies it, what we call kaifer akol, he denies any charges, then he'll be potter. But if he admits a part of the charge, then he'll be chayv. The reason for that, the Gemara says, is that because when the person borrows from somebody else, he feels indebted to them, and therefore they won't be able to deny completely the charge and make the other person look like he's a liar. And therefore they'll try and make it sound more plausible by saying that they borrowed but not the full amount which was requested. Whereas by a shomer who doesn't feel indebted to the person that he's watching their things for, he then there's a possibility that he would deny everything and therefore in order to make the case more believable, the Torah is Mikhaev obligates the defendant to make a shvur. A shvur from the Torah means on a Torah or some other object of Kedusha and has a tremendous severity. And if he would make the shvur, then he'd be potter, he would be exempt from having to pay the case. The rules of a shvur in the case, case of partial admission has to be that the, the claim was for a certain amount. You say the amount of two mine, and the person was moider, at least some of it, and was kaifer. He denied the claim of a list of shavi prata, unless the shavi prata is not considered money, and therefore he wouldn't have to make a shvur on that. Same thing, the person has to admit to part of the claim which the other person made. And therefore, if the claimant would say, you owe me wheat, that's a kilo of wheat, and he would say, I only owe you half a kilo of barley, they're talking about two separate items, then that wouldn't be considered being moida in part of the claim. Same thing has to be an accurate claim. If it's just a, a vague amount, a bag full of wheat, whatever that would be, that wouldn't be something to basic taina of Moedev on. Now, every time a person is meant to make a shvur, minatora, and he doesn't make a shvur, they'd have to pay. The Gemara discusses the case in, when one's not able to make a shvur because based on believe him, when he's called Choshul to make a shvur. And in the case of a person, then the other party would have to make a shvur, and which things a person can't make a shvur, such as Shtaris, Karkos, property, slaves, and, um, and deeds, Shtaris. And the volume, those things aren't considered kasef, and therefore one wouldn't make a shvur on them. The 
Besides for that, there's a name called Gilgul Shvur, which means if a person is obligated to make a Shvur on one item, on one argument, then at the same time, you can be forced to make a Shvur on other monetary disagreements between them. This is the Shvur of the Torah. In the case of either Moedab Amiktas, like we said, the Shomer, or one aide who testifies against him, if that's the case, you'd have to make a Shvur. And if you would make the Shvur, then he would not have to pay. There's other tainas which person have to deal with, we call a migoy, which means the person has a certain logic of, there's a certain reason to believe what he's saying, or he's tining bari, he has a more definite claim, the other one's only a shema, an indefinite claim. Right, there's another thing called meshavaveda, which means if a person on his own volition comes to admit to owing a certain amount, there was no claim, so we can't make him make a shvur on a claim which comes later on. So if someone comes to base and says, I owe you 50, and the other person says, no, you owe me, uh, I think you owe me a hundred. And he has no proof of that. So he, then, wouldn't, that wouldn't be called a Moedim Amiktas. Same thing. There would have been something given as collateral for a loan. And the, that object got lost. The, what's called the Mashkon got lost. And there's an argument the value of the Mashkon. So you have to work out who has to make a Shavuah. If the value of the Mashkon exceeds the value of the loan or not. Or the din, if a person has a star, if the other party is not a claim, the star is forged, and the fact that he would then have to bring aid him to prove that the star was genuine. And if a person is moida, that the star was a true star, but he claims that it had been paid back. Or the din of a person who says, I want you to pay me back only with specific witnesses. These are all parts of the din of Vesin's responsibility to judge monetary cases between two parties. So to the din of who's allowed to be an aid, and in which cases a person can't make a shvur because that's a, he's a heir to his father's estate and he doesn't know what happened to his father's estate, and what's called the chazaka when a person has the assumed right that it's his because it's in his possession, and how a person makes a chazaka, and how a person makes a mechah to prevent a chazaka being made, all these dinim are part of the same concept. And this mitzvah applies, obviously, to judges, but the cases, the halachas of the court case will apply equally to men and to ladies. The adds that a bastin who doesn't exercise their right to judge, worthy of punishment because that causes the breakdown of society when there's no din, when there's no recourse to judgment for what, whatever happens. Right, like the Mishnah says, one of the three pillars that the world stands on is din, which means there's a fair justice system. Besides for these rules which are Midaraisa, there are many, many rules added with Rabbanan, other cases of Shvurs, or other cases of Rabbanan require uh, proofs or believe people on their arguments, um, which is all part of the body of the, legisla- the legislation, how to de- judge between monetary cases. Mitzvah Nantes is the mitzvah of the basin to judge a Shomer Sachar, which means somebody who's paid to watch something, a paid watchman. He's not the same as what you learned above, the watchman who watches for free, because he has since he's being paid to do the job, so that comes with increased responsibility for the item that he's watching. What's the halach of the Shem Sachar? That he's chayev for things of what's called gneva vaved, if it gets stolen or lost. Masha'enken was not the case in the case of oines, which means some unforeseeable event happened, which as a result of that the thing got lost or injured or broken. In that case, he would have to make a sure that that's what happens, and he would be parted from paying. There's another category of a seicher, which means a person who's paying money to use someone else's objects, like uh, he's renting them. 
If that's the case, it's a similar case, and that is that he has a benefit of using the object, and if that's the case, he's also partially responsible for it, and therefore he would also be chayev on Gnev and Aven if we started or last, but an Oynes would be Pateran. Again, with a Shvur, that an Oynes it happens. Same thing if a person hires workers, or a person hires them to do a job, and that person ruins the item they were meant to be fixing. A Shaykhet, for example, who when he shechts the animal, rends the Vankosha, or a person who was doing a shame in a way which began as a Shia, as a result of his negligence, but in the end was an Oynes, or if a shame is allowed to give it to a second shame to watch in his place, all these are the dilemma of the shame. And again, the din based on the prize only to men who could be the Dayanim, but the halachas apply equally to men and to women, which would be practical for them. And the last of the four shaymen is the next mitzvah, mitzvah samach, and there's the din of the shayel, the shayel is the borrower. And if that's the case, he gets all the benefits. Because the person who gives it to him is giving it to him as a favor, and if that's the case, he has the most responsibility. And if that's the case, he would be chayv on oynus as well. Which means even if something unforeseen happened, he will still be high if he'd be responsible to pay back uh, the item which got ruined. That's now, what's considered an oynus which is going to be high on? This would only apply to normal oynsim, which means something where something happened unforeseen. But if in the normal course of using the item which was borrowed, it uh, get breaks or if in the case of an animal that dies, then in an example like that, the person would be potter. That's what's called Mesa Machas Melacha. As a result of the normal job that it was meant to do, that's what caused it to die. This would obviously only be applicable in a case where a person used it the way they were meant to use it. If a person was given an animal to ride and he was told to ride it in the hills and he rode it in the valley, or vice versa, and that was the reason that died, then of course he'd be responsible because he changed the way it was meant to be, it was given to him to use. There's a second halacha here, and that is what's called Shmira Babaylim, which means, the Torah says, that if the owner is comes with the item, so to speak, that he borrowed, if that's the case, he doesn't take responsibility, and the reason for that is because the owner himself is there at the time of the borrowing, so then it's understood, the owner is meant to be looking after his own object, and it's not, it doesn't become the responsibility of the Shomer to, take, to watch the object. Says the Chinuch, that even though the halacha is that if later on the owner would leave, the shoyal, the borrower, would still be potter as long as the owner was working for him at the time we, when he borrowed. He says the reason for that is because the Torah doesn't, we don't need the Torah shiurim, which means the Torah doesn't give uh, exact amounts of if uh, this is how long he's with you, well that's how long he's with you. If at the time of the borrowing, then the owner is with him, it becomes the kind of a transaction or a deal where the owner was there, and therefore the shomer never took responsibility for it, and therefore he would be partner even for the owner which happened afterwards. Now who's considered the owner in the case of two partners, or in the case of a husband and wife, and one of them was with with the borrower and the other one wasn't, the Gemara discusses what's considered enough to be the owner being there in order to exempt the shoyal from having to pay the damage which happens. This mitzvah, like all the dinim of based in the plan to men, but it would apply to cases involving both men and women equally. Mitzvah Samechalech is based on responsibility to deal with the, the halacha of a mafutah, a person who seduces a lady. And the idea of a pitui is that he convinces her to have relations with him. 
and was built, it came through her consent. Now, the halakh is that he has to give her Hamishim Kasa 50 silver coins, and this is a knas. A knas means it's the same amount for everybody, regardless of the family or the status of the man and the lady involved. This is only the knas of the Torah. If it would also involve Boishas, so to speak, embarrassment, that would be a separate khiv to evaluate, like we saw before, there's a method to pay Boishas. This penalty only has to pay her in the event that he doesn't marry her. But if he marries her, he wouldn't have to pay. In, that, in a case where either the man or the lady or even the girl's father would object to the marriage, then we don't force him to marry her and you have to just pay her the class instead. A coin goddle who has to marry a basula and therefore he wouldn't be allowed to marry her, then also you have to pay her the class. And this denial applies when the lady involved was a, not yet was not yet a Naira or Bulgaris. She was sorry, she was not yet a Bulgaris, she was still under the age of twelve and a half. Right. And that's a din which is the money which is given is given to the father, not to the girl herself. It says the khinuk the reason is because since she agreed to what happened, it was Midaita, so she has no claim on him. Which is not the case of the father who didn't agree to this, what happened and therefore he'll get given the money. Since it's a knas, it needs a basin of smokin, which means a basin of Israel, who was given the transmission from Moshe Rabbeinu, and therefore it's not a, a case which we can judge today. It's a mitzvah on the basin not to allow a sorcerer or a witch to remain alive. The Bible says, You can't keep a witch alive. And even though it says it in the feminine, that's just because it was more common among ladies, but a man who's a wizard and involved himself in magic would also be subject to the same penalty. The reason for the mitzvah, the Kenneth explains like this. She Sorcery is a very bad thing. And it causes many takalas problems for people. A person who's acting with witch with witchcraft has to be taken out of the world. He's working against Hashem, he wants the world to be populated, and people using witchcraft used it in order to affect people, to, to punish them, to harm them. Hashem wants the world to run in the way that He set it up to run when He created it. Through witchcraft He wants to change that. What was witchcraft? So the Chinuch explains like this. Hashem created the nature of each thing He created, how it was meant to work, in a way which would benefit humanity. And that was its job. But, there's also the ability on each item to force it to act based on its spiritual uh, origin. Just like we see Malachim cause things to grow or cause things to develop, there's a certain spiritual kayach which affects and influences the physical world. Now, it's also, it's also possible to create new effects with what's been created by inter, interbreeding them or making new results, which wasn't what Hashem wanted when He created the world. And the reason Hashem didn't want it, the result of those new combinations is going to be bad for people, which Hashem stopped people doing them. And therefore he says anything which is helpful to people and can cure them and has been proven to do that is not considered asr al-skishaf. A person is allowed to try 
medicines which are, which heal him. And that's a, that's a dad because it's beneficial for people. Whereas the second thing he points out is that by creating a new entity, which isn't one of the original things Hashem had in mind when he created the world, so then the spiritual energy which this new entity is going to have doesn't follow the rules of either of the, of the previous things he created it from, which Hashem created. And then Nimtzot comes out that with this new thing, he has created an entity which doesn't run with the rules, so to speak, Hashem made in setting up the world. And therefore the Chirich understands that the idea of Kishof was the development or creation of new beings which weren't there when Hashem wanted, and even though Hashem allows it to happen, obviously otherwise it wouldn't, but Hashem doesn't want people to do things which are going to go against the rules he established here in the world. The Chinuch says this might also be the reason for the Isser of planting Kilaim or wearing Shatnas, because it's also a combination of factors of which Hashem didn't necessarily want there to be in the Bria of the world. And therefore he says, since there is a Koyach that a person can use to, so to speak, negate the Koyach that Hashem created in each of these items, that Kishrof can work, even though it's forbidden, but for a person who's on a high enough level, so then Hashem will protect him, and Kishrof won't be able to affect him. Same thing, there's something else that Khan talks about, which means Shadim, using spiritual, let's say, negative malachim uh, to, to, work for, to work in a certain way, and that's also forbidden. And the Torah's mitzvah here is for the Basin, who are able to judge capital cases, it has to be Basin of 23, when there was a Basin Mikdash and they were able to judge capital cases, and the Dayanim was smuchim, they had given, been given a transmission of. of Smicha, then they would be obligated to try, to try and execute uh, anybody using witchcraft or sorcery in the negative way we explained, and uh, failing to do that, they would be mevatel this mitzvah of the Dayanim. Mitzvah Samach Gimel, Shaloi Lahoyles Ager Bidvarim, which means not to offend a ger with what a person says. The Pasuk says, Vager Loitoyne, which means don't offend the ger. Even though by all Jews we instructed not to offend any Jews, and uh, while we need an ex- explicit instruction by a ger, the reason is the Torah says because it's more likely that a person would offend a ger and than a normal Jew because he doesn't have relatives, he's not established in the Jewish society, as is a family who's always been Jewish, and there's also more of a danger by a ger that if he feels rejected. He will go back to where he came from. He will reject his Yiddishkeit. And therefore, a person has to be more careful to treat him as part of the Jewish people. The reason for the mitzvah says the Chinuch, A person is learned to control himself. Even if he's able to do something bad, he has to stop himself doing that. Someone in our midst who doesn't have helpers, who doesn't have anyone to rely on, we shouldn't act too differently to him because of his weakness. On the contrary, we should act to him just like we act to one of our own. And that's where we're going to perfect our midrash. So it's interesting, the Chinuch doesn't explain the mitzvah as a chesed to the ger, 
explains the mitzvah, but from the point of view of the person, that it helps him acquire good midas if he treats everybody properly, even the girl. He repeats this idea many times, our obligation to look after the girl, to love the girl, not to harm the girl. And it applies in any time and place where there would be gerim, both the man and the woman. And if a person is levaz ger, so then he's been over this love, but he won't get malchus because speech doesn't have it's not called having a maisa. And a continuation of this then, which means not to treat him in money. And the Gemara understood that to mean not to, so to speak, steal from him or uh, treat him in business. And then again, even though this halach applies to all Jews as well, there's an extra mitzvah in the, when it applies to a ger, because as we saw before, there's a, a ger is in a more vulnerable position. This mitzvah also would apply equally to men and to ladies in any time and place where they happen to be gerim.